Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on this BFC Live, we'll connect with Dr. Sherry Boudreaux. She is with the Can Delta team. They are our official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis, but they also do work in the psychedelics front through their Psy Delta company. And we wanted to connect with her about the types of licensing needed in the psychedelic space to do work in Canada. Sherry Boudram, thanks for being here early on a Monday morning. Thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, uh, we've had a couple of conversations with the team at CanDelta and PsyDelta talking about psychedelics. I think the last one was about uh, uh, it, things to consider when thinking about a testing lab for psychedelics. Uh, right. But I want to uh, dive in with you about, I guess, different kinds of licensing available in psychedelics and what you're seeing in that space. Is that okay? Yeah, love to talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, first, is there <laughs> is it the exact parallel of what's happening in cannabis, or I am I completely off? It's it's very similar. Um, yeah, definitely similar. The industry is moving towards that, always looking for new things to you know get into and be innovative and forward thinking. So it, it's a it's a super natural progression, in my opinion. And dealers' licenses are not new, by any means. They've been around under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act for many years. And as you you know, cannabis was originally regulated under the Controlled Drugs and, and Substances Act. So, you know, you would need a dealer's license if you were looking to do uh, conduct activities with cannabis, you know, previously, particularly, you know, research analytical testing, um, you would need a dealer's license for that. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that calling it a dealer's license is funny, uh, in, the, in either <laughs> cannabis or psychedelics, but but tell me exactly what a dealer's license is, and like, is it a license? Not a license, because like, is it an opportunity to like cult? I don't know, cultivate mushrooms. Like, tell me exactly what a dealer's license entitles you to. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, um, yeah, a dealer's license is a type of license that you would need if you're looking to handle and, and perform activities with controlled drugs and substances. So substances that are listed under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act, and the activities can range from possession, production, assembly, sale and distribution, transportation, delivery, lab analysis, research and development, clinical studies, and you can also do import and export. So there are very specific activities that can be conducted under that license. And if you're looking to apply for that license, you would need to be really conscious and mindful of the activities that you're looking to do and select those when you're applying for the license. And what are, what are you seeing in psychedelics now? Like what types of within those, within the sort of title yeah. of like dealer's license, like what within those categories are people actually looking to do right now that you've seen? Possession, for sure. Um, sale, a lot of research and development. Um, some companies are also looking for distribution. Sale is a part of that. And also, also clinical studies because Historically, there hasn't really been too much research into psychedelics, and there's a lot of value that you know people are seeing now with psychedelics, especially where um, where, where microdosing is concerned. And I think you know you hear a lot about that in the industry, um, and and people really want to understand how small amounts of hallucinogenic substances 
um, or drugs can really, you know, create an effect on um, cellular responses and, and at a therapeutic level because we all know that you know hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic substances. Sorry, it's early in the morning. <laughs> early on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> hallucinogenic substances, um, you know, causes changes in an individual's perception or mood or, or cognition and at, at controlled dosing, um, particularly um, by way of microdosing, you're able to, you know, decrease the amount such that um, you're producing unlikely, you know, whole body effects. And you can really, really hone in on, on, on very specific cellular responses. So that's why there's a lot of interest towards that, of really studying the therapeutic effects of that and, and the value and seeing how we can really commercialize this in a, in a long-term manner and, and really be able to develop a market. I mean, of course, the regulatory side is a, you know, a whole other story of that, but there's definitely value there. And, and that's so, why there's a lot of parallels with cannabis, right? Because cannabis was you know, heavily regulated and only now we're seeing you know, the government really loosen that up and with legalization. So there's some hope that the government might have a, you know, a similar outlook on, on, um, on specific um, psychedelics. And I guess the, one of the questions is obviously we t we're talking about on the business of cannabis. Uh, you guys do work in both spaces. Are there a lot of people sort of in that Venn diagram that like have been working in cannabis are looking to add on sort of a dealer's license under this type of licensing? Maybe even, I don't even know, same facility, different facility, but are, are there transferable skills for a company to say, we've been doing this in cannabis. We think we can do it in psychedelics because we know all the regulations as it relates to Health Canada. We think we're well positioned to do this. Right, no, 100%. Um, in the past, it's largely been pharmaceutical companies that were holding dealer's license for psychedelics um, and other you know, controlled substances. And they're very used to the regulations that pertain to you know, larger scale production for human use. And you know, a lot of these facilities are already GMP um, certified um, that would allow for the production for um, human use. So they're, you know, largely you would see that, right? And, and they had the, the vaults that went along with it. They're very used to working in a regulated industry. So you would see that a lot. But now you're starting to see cannabis companies um, wanting to get into the psychedelic space and really being competitive with pharma. And I think that's a very natural transition. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've gone, we've gone through all of this, right, to get GMP certified or close to it. We have all the the, the um, SOPs in place that actually, you know, and I, I guess it is a natural transition to either be a bolt-on or a transition or side-by-side -side companion piece to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still say that a lot of the challenges surround being GMP. If, um, if a company is looking to perform activities where, you know, they're, they're mainly focusing on research, at least at this early stage in the industry, focusing on, on, on research and selling to other uh, in other companies with dealers licenses for research purposes, for example, there's, there's certain activities you can do, even you know some level of storage, you could do that without being GMP certified. And that's a lot of the times where you see cannabis companies getting into the space, at least at an entry level, um, where you know, eventually the industry is going to move towards wanting to really produce these compounds for, for human consumption, um, especially when, you know, there's 
some avenue for you know large scale commercialization and, and they will need to be GMP certified. You know, and this is kind of where pharma, I think, has at least at this point somewhat of an advantage or already, you know, kind of being uh, in that in that space for that. But you know, cannabis companies, you know, they're they're definitely resilient, I think, and and really eager to get into the space and you know. For sure, I think we're going to see more and more cannabis companies um, applying for a dealer's license to to work with psychedelics. Is there a place to find out all the companies that have applied for this or have it? Like no, it, like it, unlike it, unlike cannabis, I mean, Health Can is really good at publishing um, cannabis license holders. But yeah, every Friday. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they they maintain their own internal list, but it's not uh, not published in the same manner. So from your perspective, like, and without even being able to see that full list, like, is it your sense that there are um, some, many, few? A no, couple, there, like there definitely are a, a good number. There's definitely been an increase. I mean, as a, as a regulatory consultant, we definitely see the evolving needs of the industry, you know, whether that's cannabis or where cannabis is going and, and pharma as well, um, and what's kind of, you know, new and, and hot. So for the past few months, we've seen a, a noticeable surge of interest in dealers licenses um, because of the trend in the industry towards psychedelics. Yeah, it's interesting because we obviously we hear we, we have a, obviously sister publications focused on it, but it is it, obviously there's lots of excitement, but how that how that excitement either at the capital markets or just general conversation, not trickle down, but bubble up from people actually saying, you know, we want to we want to receive Health Canada's authority to be do this and psychedelics on our dealer's license. And then, you know, whether it's research or like, I don't actually, is there such a thing as like within that cultivating like psilocybin mushrooms? Like is that, are people doing that? Can they do that? Well, I mean, cultivating, you, you can do that. You can do that. Um, for sure you can do that from Again, like if you're if you're looking to cultivate and you know for the purposes of you know selling for for human use, I mean that's definitely another conversation with GMP. But a lot of people are looking to cultivate and uh, extract for sure. Yeah, it's like there is this funny not it's not it's not funny and it's not necessarily parallel, but there are several of the same key components that we've seen in, in cannabis you know happen over time. Um, and then seeing it, and I, and I think obviously, as, as you said, a lot of it is right around around research or novel research around how this impacts humans right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that actually lends itself to the question, if this is something that obviously people can't apply for, is this license that is happening? And there's this push, I think, uh, obviously we've seen people get authorization to actually use uh, uh, mushrooms as part of either end of life care or other reasons. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think Canada will be an especially good place to do like psychedelic research like clinical trials yeah yeah they definitely they're they're definitely already on that path yeah so i mean that's that's what needs to happen in order for the government to feel really comfortable with you know potentially loosening the regulations they need to have that assurances and yeah i mean section 56 exemptions you people have heard about that a lot um as a means of granting access for patients and principal investigators or, or PIs of clinical trials, being able to possess um, psychedelics for the purposing, purpose of administering to patients and for the purpose of administering for, for clinical trials and, and companies, being able to do limit, very limited research under a section 56 exemption. So that's, that's one avenue. And then 
if you're looking for you know more extensive research and as we were talking about you know cultivating and extracting for you know on the, the larger scale um and selling distributing to other dealers licenses in, in that whole um gamut of activities a, a dealer's license would be necessary for that so yeah. for sort of you know more of the long-term game you would definitely need a, a dealer's license and that's becoming a lot more appealing for companies um to to pursue a dealer's license um so we're I, we're just going to see more of those i i feel yeah yeah. Well, Sherry, it's great to connect with you uh, first thing uh, on a Monday uh, to get your sense of where this part is, especially as it relates to dealer's license in the psychedelic space uh, under uh, Health Canada regulations. Am I right by even saying all those things together? It's under Health Canada, right? It's under Health Canada. It's the Office of Controlled Substances that handles it. It's you know kind of a different area. Cannabis used to be, um, would fall under the umbrella of the Office of Controlled Substances previously, and that's where I worked as an inspector. So we you know dealt with security inspections which is a big part of dealers licenses um, they really focus on storage and having the the right level of security um, for that storage depending on you know your activities that you're going to conduct the, the quantities um, where you're located so there's a lot that goes into the storage of controlled substances um, you might remember when cannabis was you know, requiring vaults that fell under the same type of um, security directive and security requirements when you're looking at what you really need um, to, to hold that type of material. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all very, very interesting. And you know, we help with dealer's licenses. If, if anyone's looking to obtain a dealer's license and perform activities with controlled substances, psychedelics, um, we're here to help. Call Can Delta. Yep, call Candelta. We operate. That's what I always say. Whether, even whether the camera's on or not, and people say such things like, just call Candelta. Like they'll, they they know. Uh, yep, and, and you you already plugged our sister company, Psy Delta. Yeah. Um, which which manages our um, psychedelic projects. Yeah, and I would push people back. A few weeks ago, we we met with Ellen, um, and she was telling us about how to sort of think about testing labs as it relates to psychedelics. So I'll I'll push that as well as as we post this. So Sherry, thanks so much for being here. This Monday morning, we'll connect with you and the team down the road. Definitely. Thanks so much, Jay. Great. Thanks. That was Dr. Sherry Boudram from CanDelta. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps support the work we do. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmark, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.